0: Loving Father in heaven, praise, honor, glory, and adoration be unto your holy name for giving us the privilege of life. Lord, we pray that you sustain us with daily manna from heaven as we go through your words this morning. As we are on our pilgrim journey, we need you every day. Lord, please supply to us strength for the labor that we have for today. Lord, I commit myself unto your care and I pray as spiritual things are spiritually discerned, that you would give me words from above to speak to everyone. I pray, Father, that you put your words in my mouth, that I will speak as the oracles of God, and that the words shall be a blessing to all who would listen. I have nothing to say of my own, Lord, so I pray. Hear my prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage April 2 He failed his brother. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did these people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? Exodus chapter 32 verse 21 Aaron endeavored to shield himself by relating the clamors of the people but his excuses and prevarications were of no avail. The fact that Aaron had been blessed and honored so far above the people was what made his sin so heinous. It was Aaron, the saint of the Lord Psalm 106, verse 16, that made the idol and announced the feast. It was he who had been appointed as spokesman for Moses and concerning whom God himself had testified, I know that he can speak well, Exodus 4 verse 14, that had failed to check the idolaters in their heaven-daring purpose. He by whom God had wrought in bringing judgments upon the Egyptians and upon their gods had heard unmoved the proclamation before the molten image. These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. It was he who had been with Moses on the mount, and had there beheld the glory of the Lord, who had seen that in the manifestation of that glory, there was nothing of which an image could be made. It was he who had changed that glory into the similitude of an ox. He to whom God had committed the government of the people in the absence of Moses was found sanctioning their rebellion. The Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse twenty. but in answer to the earnest intercession of Moses, his life was spared, and in penitence and humiliation for his great sin, he was restored to the favour of God. If Aaron had had courage to stand for the right, irrespective of consequences, he could have prevented the apostasy. If he had unswervingly maintained his own allegiance to God, if he had cited the people to the perils of Sinai and had reminded them of their solemn covenant with God to obey his law, the evil would have been checked. But his compliance with the desires of the people and the calm assurance with which he proceeded to carry out their plans emboldened them to go to greater lengths in sin than had before entered their minds. Of all the sins that God will punish, none are more grievous in his sight than those that encourage others to do evil. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is He Failed His Brother. Yesterday we looked at a crisis in Israel which was which is referring to the apostasy that took place when in the absence of Moses for 40 days the mixed multitude influenced the rest of Israel to build a calf and this calf golden calf an image was made by none other than Aaron the brother of Moses second in charge him and her left to be in charge of the Israelites they were the ones he Aaron was the one who influence the people to do this let us read the account in exodus chapter 32 reading from verse 1 it says and when the people saw that moses delayed to come down out of the mount the people gathered themselves together unto aaron and said unto him up make us gods which shall go before us for as for this moses the man that brought us up out of the land of egypt we wot not what is become of him and aaron said unto them break off the golden earrings which are in your ears in the ears of your wives and your of your sons and of your daughters and bring them unto me and all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto aaron and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool after he had made it a molten calf and they said these be thy gods o israel which Brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Hmm. This is the story and the account of what happened. About uh, what Aaron did and his hand in causing this apostasy. There was something we read yesterday in our devotion that said, How often in our own day is the love of pleasure disguised by a form of godliness? A religion that permits men while observing the rites of worship to devote themselves to selfish or, grat- or sensual gratification is as pleasing to the multitudes now as in the days of Israel and there are still pliant Aaron's who while holding positions of authority in the church will yield to the desires of the unconsecrated and thus encourage them in sin. Today just as it was for the Israelites. Religion is covered under the guise of sensuality. There's so much dancing. And you see that the people want to bring in the world into the church. The kind of music played in the world, they use the same tunes and bring it into the church, just changing the lyrics. They want to do the same thing. They are failed rock musicians. They're just worldly musicians who have failed and then they think the church is the place where they can be stars. And then they come to do the same things that are done in the world in the church and it is covered religion is now covered with a garb of a form of godliness. i mean worldliness is now covered with a form of godliness it is popular today and they can say to or of themselves like aaron said the tomorrow we shall have a feast and the people will indeed eat and drink and rise up to play there's so much play going on in the churches today and that's how it was in the days of of Aaron and this will only happen for those who are the mixed multitude and that's why I remind us be careful not to be among the mixed multitude who did not hate sin. They loved sin. They only left Egypt because of fear and they just wanted to be curious to see what's heaven really like. If you are that class of person, pray for the Lord to shed his love in your heart for him to bring in your mind the hatred for sin, the exceeding sinfulness of sin. And our advice, how do you know the exceeding sinfulness of sin? The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 7 how to know the exceeding sinfulness of sin. In Romans 7 verse 13 we are told from verse 12 Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin? Walking death in me that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful do you want sin to become exceeding sinful in your eyes then look into the commandments of god into the law of god which is what the people were supposed to be doing they were supposed to be studying that law that god had just spoken to them from mount sinai 40 days ago and in studying it, sin was supposed to be becoming more exceeding sinful to them but no they were not studying it instead they were remembering the pleasures of their sins and they were missing it and they said oh aaron we need to do something and aaron encouraged them in the sin and they went back to their old ways. Today we are going to spend our time not talking about the mixed multitude but we are going to talk about Aaron the man who is called the saint of God as we read in our devotion there Aaron was called the saint of God in Psalms chapter 106 verse 16 this man is a holy man and he does not become a sinner like me to dissect his life and character I could never attain to the heights and achievements of Aaron, so he does not become a sinner like me to talk about him. But the Lord has written down his story for all of us to learn. We therefore cannot keep silent. While remembering that we are to talk of these things in the spirit of meekness, we must still talk of it with faithfulness and reverence and respect. Let us talk about the man who the Bible calls a saint, Aaron. The life of saints is not without error and sin. Aaron's life is no different. He was responsible for the great crime because he had a weakness of character. God could not rely upon him. He and her were left in charge of Israel while Moses was away. But his love for the praise of men caused him to lead all of them to sin except the Levites, which is his own tribe by the way. All the work the Lord had done through Moses, Aaron undid in just the space of a few days. Exodus twenty thirty two verse 15 now tells us, And Moses returned, and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, As they shouted he said to Moses there is a noise of war in the camp and he said it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome but the noise of them that sing do I hear and it came to pass as soon as they came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing and Moses and Moses anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and brake them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire. And ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink it. Now verse 21, which is the key text for us today. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did these people unto thee? that thou has brought so great a sin upon them? This question is deep. In other words, Moses is asking Aaron, what came over you? If you loved them, why will you do this to them? If you know that this act will work their ruin and destruction, why did you permit them to do it? It's hard to understand how you permitted it. Who bewitched you? If you were not bewitched, then why did you allow them to do this grievous act? You have to hate them to do this. Is this how hooked on the praise of men that you are? That you would even get their approbation and praise at the cost of their eternal destiny? This is another way of framing that question that that Moses asked to Aaron. What we read in Conflicts and Courage, page 98, paragraph 4 says, If Aaron had had courage to stand for the right, irrespective of consequences, he could have prevented that apostasy. If he had unswervingly maintained his own allegiance to God, if he had cited the people to the perils of Sinai and had reminded them of their solemn covenant with God to obey his law, the evil would have been checked. But his compliance with the desires of the people, And the calm assurance with which he proceeded to carry out their plans emboldened them to go to greater lengths in sin than had before entered their minds. End of quote. Who is responsible? Aaron is responsible. If he had stood his ground and done what he was supposed to do for the people, they wouldn't have gone that far. He even made them go to greater lengths. If you take note, as I was reading this, I, I have known, yes, that the people who rose up to play and they were dancing and all of that, but one thing I didn't really know was that it was the people who said these be thy gods that brought thee out of Canaan, out of Egypt. This word, these words were supposed to be greatly offensive to Aaron. But the Bible records in Exodus chapter 32 verse 5 that after they made this statement, when Aaron saw it, that is when he saw that it pleased the people, Aaron didn't get offended Rather, he of his own accord became more zealous and built for them an altar which they did not even request for. What the people wanted to do before was maybe just to bow to that but Aaron now was the one that told them, tomorrow we are going to have a feast, we are going to have a party. That's what Aaron told them, We're going to have a party tomorrow. Come tomorrow. Everybody get ready. Oh, the people now, they went to get ready. Oh, we now have a new leader. Our new leader is woke. Our new leader is good. Our, our new leader, like some people say, our new leader, Soji, he's so good. Look at Aaron. He's not like Moses, who is so strict. And do you know that this was what was in Aaron's mind? And that is what is in the mind of many ministers today. They want to please the people. Why was it that Aaron went this far with the people, knowing very well that they were wrong? Let us read now from Testimonies, volume 3, page 298, paragraph 3. It says, this is the reason, the secret reason behind it. And I'll say it first before I read. The real reason for Aaron's actions is he had a secret distaste for, for firmness. He didn't actually like what Moses was doing all this while, but he kept it within him. I read now. Aaron had thought that Moses had been too unyielding to the wishes of the people. He thought that if Moses had been less firm, less decided at times, and that if he had made a compromise with the people and gratified their wishes, he would have had, he would have had less trouble. And there would have been more peace and harmony in the camp of Israel. He, therefore, had been trying this new policy. He carried out his natural temperament by yielding to the wishes of the people. To save this satisfaction and preserve their goodwill and hereby prevent a rebellion which he thought would certainly come if he did not yield to their wishes. This was the motive behind Aaron's mind. A secret distaste for Moses' firmness. He in his mind was always thinking that Moses is too strict, he's too firm, he yields to them sometimes. All this while they've been asking for this and that. You don't just have to be so are uh, heavy-handed on them and so firm, giving sometimes indulge sometimes don't be so every time your message is so hot on the people be, just make them like you a bit and that was as we read his natural disposition we need to be careful about our natural dispositions you may be like aaron who is very amiable who loves to make people love you be careful. Don't take that with God. And don't play with God with that character. Don't bring that character when you come to do service for God as a leader. Leaders, leaders are not to be like that. I continue the reading now. From Testimonies, Volume 3, page 299, paragraph 1. It says, The reason again why Aaron did this was that he likes to take the easy option. Reading. I quote, When Aaron took the first step in the wrong direction, the spirit which had actuated the people imbued him, and he took the lead and directed as a general, and the people were singularly obedient. Here, Aaron gave decided sanction to the most aggravated sins, because it was less difficult to stand in vindication of the right. When he swerved from his integrity in giving sanction to the people in the sins, he seemed inspired with the decision. Earnestness and zeal new to him, his timidity seemed suddenly to disappear. With a zeal that he had never manifested in standing in defence of the honour of God against wrong, he seized the instruments to work out the gold into the image of a calf. He ordered an altar to be built, and with assurance worthy of a better cause, he proclaimed to the people that on the morrow. There would be a feast to the Lord. The trumpeters took the word from the mouth of Aaron and sounded the proclamation from company to company of the armies of Israel. Aaron's calm assurance in a wrong course gave him greater influence with the people than Moses could have had in leading them in a right course and in subduing their rebellion. Here is seen the power that Satan has over minds that are not fully controlled by the Spirit of God satan had set up his banner in the midst of israel and it was exalted as the banner of god end of quote as we look through these things that aaron did we have to understand that the position of leadership is not for weaklings if you have that temperament to always please people and you don't know how to stand pressure and you always want people to like you you don't want to see them frown at you then leadership is not for you leadership is not for weaklings I say people who fear other men's faces people who are afraid to do things that will make them lose favor in the eyes of others the role of leadership is for those who have backbone those who are fearless and who do not seek the praise of men more than the praise of God in fact they don't seek the praise of men at all all their desire is to please God and as we read in the book education page 57 paragraph 3 these immortalized golden words that says the greatest want of the world is the want of men, men who will not be bought or sold, men who in their inmost souls are true and honest, men who do not fear to call sin by its right name, men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole, men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. End of quote. This is what Aaron was not and this is what we should be because when we say leaders, we are leaders of our own lives. We are leading ourselves. So, what are we to do? We are to be firm. We are not to be yielding to ourselves or even to others. You are a leader if you are a father or a mother. You are a leader to your children. And we should be careful not to give in to every demand. We will talk about that later in the story of Nadab and Abihu. But for now, as the leaders, as a leader, Iran failed. And what were the results of his lack of firmness? Exodus 32 verse 25 tells us. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, just as they are today in the churches, and remember he also saw them dancing. The churches today are doing the same thing, naked and dancing. And the leaders, what are they doing? Oh, they are the ones telling the people we have a feast. They put the billboards everywhere. Hefzibah. Barakah. So many kind of billboards. Oh, we are going to have a feast. But when they come to the feast, it is no different from what the children of Israel were doing with that golden calf. They come there and they eat and drink and they rise up to play. And what does that mean? We saw it when Moses came down. He saw them dancing. Now, what else are we seeing? He saw them naked. It says, And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about three thousand men. Amen. As we go through all of this, we, we have to ask ourselves, what was Aaron really thinking in his mind as he was hearing the people castigate his brother Moses? What was he thinking in his mind when he heard the people say concerning his brother, as for this Moses, your own brother, we wot not what has become of him. And they were ready to go without their brother. What a betrayal. What a treachery Aaron did here. This was really something terrible for Aaron. Why? Because in Aaron's mind, he was more willing to take glory to himself than to help the people. Whereas while he was doing this, his brother who was on the mount was already receiving instruction from God, telling him that this is what these people are doing. And there he was pleading on behalf of the people that the Lord will not destroy them. But here Aaron was rejoicing that the people loved him more than they loved Moses. What a betrayal! Indeed, he failed his brother and now that Moses is down, then he faithfully discharges the duty that the Lord gives to him. Now what we just read about people bringing out their swords, let me read the account of what really happened here. In Spirit of Prophecy, volume 1, page 251, paragraph 1, it says, Moses requested all who had been free from this great sin of idolatry to come and stand by him at his right hand which were the Levites. The Levites didn't involve. Continuing the reading, it says, Also, those who had joined the rebellious in worshipping this idol, but who had repented of their sin in so quickly departing from God to stand at his left hand. There was quite a large company, mostly of the mixed multitude, who instigated the making of the calf, who were stubborn in their rebellion and would not stand with Moses either at his right hand or at his left hand moses then commanded those at his right hand to take their swords and go forth and slay the rebellious who wished to go back to egypt none were to execute the judgment of god on the transgressors only those who had taken no part in the idolatry that is only those who did, the levites who didn't take part were the ones who went to slay. he commanded them to spare neither brother companion nor neighbor Those who engaged in this work of slaying, however painful, were now to realize that they were executing upon their brethren a solemn punishment from God and for executing this painful work, contrary to their own feelings, God would bestow upon them his blessing by performing this act they showed their true feelings relative to the high crime of idolatry and consecrated themselves more fully to the sacred worship of the only true god end of quote so here we see what really happened actually those who repented of their idolatry were not slain it is only the rebellious ones who wanted to go either to egypt or canaan without moses in their impatience and they were not ready to follow god's leading and that's another thing we get from this story this is not going to canaan is not a bad thing which was part of their plan but when you want to go to canaan without god's leading then what are you going there for without god that means you prefer the place more than god god's presence is not important to you and that's just by the way but the main thing we're seeing here is the mercy that was executed on these people moses actually saved those who repented of their action but his brother aaron indeed failed him and there are many ministers today who are failing their fellow minister brethren who are failing the lord that when they see their fellow minister faithfully preaching the word of truth they take advantage of it and then make themselves look amiable they pet the people and make it look like the one who is preaching faithfully the word of god is out of his mind. it'll make him look as if he's not a true minister, they make him look as if he's just a wild fanatic. Why? Because instead of holding up the prophet's hands, instead of supporting what the man Moses was doing and the Moses today who are faithful ministers, instead of supporting the rebuke they give to people, instead of supporting the pointed testimony that they are giving to the people who are departing from the way of God, these ministers take advantage of it to show a different look to the people and make them feel feel like oh you have been wrongly treated I will treat you better and by doing that they are making their other ministers to look as if they don't love the people that was what Aaron was doing he made the people think that Moses did not love them by giving in to their demands by indulging them and even hearing them insult his brother hearing them malign him and saying nothing about it he supported them in thinking that Moses was too harsh on them he indeed failed his brother and this is what many of us are doing that we need to repent of you see ministers under the influence of the holy spirit when they are charged seeing the apostasy that is in the land and they are giving the faithful word of god there are some ministers who would sit by and make it look like those ministers are just being too worked up they're just talking too much they don't need to actually like moses did break the tables of stone and instead of seeing the gravity of the issue that the minister is talking about, rather they are talking about his mannerisms, talking about how he spoke, how the tone of his voice was, how his look was, whether there was fire in his eyes, and say, man, you need to be a little bit calm. You need to be a little bit calm. Don't be, don't be judgmental. And not realizing the enormity of what is going on, that if it is not for faithful ministers like these who are praying for the people while they are in their sins and asking God to spare them, the people themselves will be destroyed people are indebted to faithful ministers who will stand for them and pray for them as moses pleaded for the people and god was merciful to them remember that this coming of moses is like the second coming of jesus and exactly what happened to the unfaithful people here three thousand of them slain is what will happen to the wicked. It is represented here what will happen to those who say, my Lord, delayeth his coming and begin to eat and drink with the drunken and begin to dance and play and smite the faithful servants of God. When the Lord comes, they will be smitten and will have their place among those who the Lord will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And how about Aaron? What does it represent, his actions? This act of Aaron represents the actions of false prophets as the Christian is on his pilgrim journey. There are people who, though they know the God, the will of God very well, they would rather lead people astray because they love the praise of men. Aaron was of this class. He was the people's person. Moses was the type who because of his faithfulness to God will always be on the bad books of the people and he was on their bad books indeed. That didn't phase Moses at all because he was in God's good books. Whose good books do you want to be on? Aaron was going to be slain by God were it not to be that Moses pleaded for him and that's a point we really need to look at. We'll talk about that subsequently. And let us not forget the words that we read from Spirit of Prophecy, Volume 1, page 251, paragraph 2 that said, Those who engaged in this work of slaying, however painful, were now to realize that they were executing upon their brethren a solemn punishment from God. And for executing this painful work, contrary to their own feelings, God would bestow upon them His blessing. End of quote. Quote. This is to show us that it is not an easy walk to correct people. It's not an easy walk to give this pointed testimony. But yet, if you engage in it contrary to your feelings, don't look at the face of the people and tell them faithfully what the word of God says, you will receive a blessing. But those who will not do it, God's frown is upon them. Ezekiel 33, reading from verse 7 down to verse 9, says, So thou, O Son of Man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou want the wicked of his way, to turn from it. If he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. This is the faithful work that ministers are supposed to do today. That brother is supposed to do for brother today. Now what happened when Aaron did this? There was supposed to be a straight testimony. In Exodus 32 verse 27, we see there that everybody took their sword by their side and went to slay their brother. They went to cut them. Now, what does this represent for us today? When we see apostasy happening around us, it is a time to take our sword and also do the same thing and give the people the pointed testimony so that they can come out of their sins. The people of Levi who took their sword represent God's people. It doesn't necessarily have to be the second coming but today when we see apostasy, what do we do? We do what Moses and the children of Levi did. We bring out our Bibles, the sword and give the faithful preaching of the word of God. For this alone can help the people. And who were they slain? Their brothers. Every man took his sword and brother slew brother. We are not to look at the faces and say, Oh, this is my son, this is my daughter, this is my brother, this is my father. And then you won't tell them the truth and you won't use the sword of the word of God on them. We must take the sword of the word of God and give it to those who are in apostasy. And that is the best love you can show for them. Reading now from uh, Spiritual Gifts, page 300, paragraph 2, we are told the people are asleep in their sins and need to be alarmed before they can shake off this litre their ministers have preached smooth things God's servants who bear sacred vital truths should cry aloud and spare not that the truth may tear off the garment of security and find its way to the heart end of quote so the truth which is the sword is to do what? tear off the garment of security and find its way to the heart and it is supposed to Cuts the heart. The truth will cut the heart. So God's people are to take the truth during the time of apostasy and let it cut. Reading from Voice in Speech and Song, page 345, paragraph 3, we are told, although it is not congenial to the natural inclinations, it is not congenial for me to take a sword and slay my brother, neither is it congenial for you to do that for your own son and daughter, but you must look at their eternal destiny. Aaron was not looking at the the eternal destiny of these people. If not, he wouldn't have done what he did to them. Although it is not congenial to the natural inclinations, the minister must proclaim the straight truth which will make the ears of them that hear to tingle. For they must lay before those who are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, the dangers and the perils that are around them and the doom that awaits the impenitent. Because this message is not agreeable to their inclination or welcome to those who must be warned, they are solemnly charged to be faithful in its declaration. The minister will meet wrongs that will seem to defy correction. They will be made aware of sins that seem to be covered that will need to be exposed on the right hand and on the left." This is the work to be done, Spiritual Gifts, Volume 2, page 299, paragraph 2. Those who engage in the solemn work of bearing the third angel's message must move out decidedly and in the spirit and power of God fearlessly preach the truth and let it cut. They should elevate the standard of truth and urge the people to come up to it. It has been lowered down to meet the people in their condition of darkness and sin. It is the pointed testimony that will bring up the people to decide, a peaceful testimony will not do this, end of quote. And what is this pointed testimony? It represents the people who took their sword and they did correct Israel. Did Israel become calm after that? Yes, they did. Today, some people are shunning the test- pointed testimony. Switch Gate volume 2, page 283, paragraph 2 says, By some, there is a shunning of the living testimony. Cutting truths must not be shunned. It needs something besides theory to reach hearts now it needs the staring testimony to alarm and arouse that will stare the enemy's subjects and then honest souls will be led to decide for the truth there has been and still is with some a disposition to have everything move on very smoothly they see no necessity of a straight testimony this is what we are supposed to do cry aloud give a straight testimony because this is what is love love is to rebuke jesus said in revelation chapter 3 verse 20 and 21 he said there as many as i love i rebuke and chasten zealous, therefore and repent aaron did not show his love for the people this was not what he did and what of today what kind of people do we see well, instead of instead of ministers who will faithfully preach the word of God to the people out of love? Alas, what kind of ministers do we have around us today? They are weak. They themselves are in the apostasy. And if they are not, they now see their work in the worldly sense of human resource management. That's how people, ministers are seeing their work today. They see it as human resource management. And so they follow worldly principles. They think that they are managers and not prophets of God. When it was the last time you heard the voice of rebuke in the churches? When was the last time we had sins being held by the throats? and properly exposed and dealt with in the church when was the last time we heard anyone call sin by its right name because there are always those who will come to say judge not don't criticize some faithful preachers have gone silent but what does the word of god say does he say that we judge not yes it does say so Does he say don't criticize? Yes, it does say so. But he also says, Isaiah 58 verse 1, cry aloud, spare not, lift up the voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Reading from Spiritual Gifts, volume 2, page 284, paragraph 2, we are told, preachers should have no scruples to preach the truth as it is found in God's word. Let the truth Cut. I have been shown that why ministers have not have not more success is they are afraid of hurting feelings, fearful of not being courteous, and they lower the standard of truth, and conceal, if possible, the peculiarity of our faith. I saw that God could not make such successful. The truth must be made pointed, and the necessity of a decision urged. And as false shepherds are crying peace, and I'll add, I'll add now. Are, it's not just peace they are crying. They are also crying, don't criticize, don't condemn. You have to be courteous. You have to be polite. You don't, you don't say things that will sound as if you are, you are uncivilized. And as false shepherds are crying peace and are preaching smooth things, the servants of God must cry aloud and spare not and then leave the result with God, end of quote. But we read concerning Aaron, Moses said to him, What did these people learn thee that thou brought so great sin upon them? to the elders and pastors of today, to the women leaders and men leaders who are not faithful to call sin by his right name. The Lord is asking you, what did these people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? You see your congregation, they are lying. You know that the children, they are cheating in the exam halls. You know that the parents are taking them to so-called special centers for them to pass their exams, but nobody is saying nothing about it. You see that the children are stealing, nobody is saying anything about it. They are involved in internet fraud. Oh, the pastors are saying it shall be well with them. A lot of them are bringing money to their parents' homes. Parents are seeing it and they go hush hush. They are not faithful ministers to their children, they even welcome it. They are worshipping other gods, the god of fashion, and they are happy with their parents members they even praise them they tell them oh you are looking all beautiful you are looking all good whereas they are dressed naked to their own shame all their laps are showing in the congregation you see the ladies come oh they sit down and their laps are very clear it's clear for everybody to see their nakedness in the church what does the minister do he tells them that they look beautiful he tells them oh peace shall be upon you instead of him to rightly divide the word of truth and give them the pointed testimony he sees them and some of these people are innocent they don't know their right from their left is what they know. they don't know any better and that was what the mixed multitude was they did not know any better but aaron knew the ministers who allowed them to continue in their sin. the lord is saying to you what did these people do to you that you are allowing them to continue in their sins you see your congregation they're involved in politics your lead, one of the people in your church, you know him, you know her, that they are doing things that are wrong in the name of politics. Rather, instead of you to correct them, you are praying for them and telling them it shall be well. Both in the church and outside the church, there is politics going on and you are saying to them it shall be well with them. But hear what the Lord of God has to say to you ministers who are doing this. Jeremiah 23 from verse 1 downward, it says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, You have scattered my flock, and driven them away, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries whither I have driven them, and I will bring them again to their foes. And they shall be fruitful and increase amen and I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed neither shall they be lacking saith the Lord Hmm. thank God for this promise that the Lord will not leave his flock under such ministers who will continue to tell them lies who will not reprove them many people are ignorant they don't know but the ministers who know because they are afraid of incurring the wrath of the people, because they don't have backbone, because they look at the work and say, oh, I don't want to incur uh, the hatred of the people, then they have scruples in preaching the truth. They themselves sometimes even love the things they are seeing. But thank God for his promise. He says he's going to take his people away from them and give them to shepherds who will faithfully preach the word of God to them. So let it not surprise you as you see some of your faithful members going elsewhere because they are tired of hearing fables. And the Lord is leading them to other shepherds who will preach the word of god faithfully to them the lord also says jeremiah 23 reading from verse 9 mine heart within me is broken because of the prophets all my bones shake i am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the lord than because of the words of his holiness The word of God says for the land is full of adulterers for because of swearing the land mourneth the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Verse 11 for both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Wherefore their ways shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on, and fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. Now verse 13 and 14 says, And I have seen fully in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal, and caused my people Israel to err. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem an horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evil doers, that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom, and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. So this is what the ministers are doing, and this is what Aaron did. He strengthened the hands of the evil doers. How do we strengthen the hand of evil doers? Let me read now. Manuscript, Manuscript releases, volume four, page one ninety-five, paragraph one by every means in your power seek to repress sin but never for one moment give sanction to sin either by your deeds your words your silence or your presence every time sin is sanctioned by the professed follower of christ the sense of sin is weakened and the judgment thoughts become perverted End of quote. so How did Aaron encourage the people in their sin and how are ministers doing the same thing today? By your silence. Many of us will say, I didn't encourage them in sin, but did you tell them not to continue? The Lord tells you, "Warn them from me. You are a watchman. Speak. He didn't say, oh, it's only when you say good is evil that you have done wrong. Even when you keep silence you have done wrong when you keep silent and you see the evil in your churches and in the members of your churches you are encouraging the evil and you are saying to the evil ones it shall be well with them another way to do that is by giving them just a feeble rebuke conflict and courage that we read page 97 paragraph 3 tells us aaron feebly remonstrated with the people but his wavering and, his wavering and timidity. At the critical moment, only render them the more determined. End of quote. Maybe silence might have even been better. Feeble rebuke even made them more determined to do the evil. When they saw that, oh, there's no remonstration, it's just he's not so hard against what we want to do. He didn't rise up against us and speak vehemently and tell us, do not this evil thing. Remember what the Lord had just told us 40 days ago ago concerning his commandments go and meditate upon the word of God and prepare yourself for the return of Moses as we are supposed to do today tell the people prepare for the coming of Jesus and when you see the evil you tell them faithfully the consequences of every evil they want to do and warn them Aaron didn't do that he just he just feebly remonstrated and it only made them more determined another way of encouraging evil is by calmness when you see apostasy and you are calm and you think that that's what it means to be po- to be self possessed, oh, all is well. And I, I'm, a, I'm a man of God. I'm the servant. And then you say the servant of God must not strive. Oh yeah, the servant of God must not strive. When Moses came down, what did he do? The Bible says that Moses' anger waxed hot, and then the commandments he broke them on the ground, signifying that there was no need for it. When the people have already broken their own agreement, the Lord broke His own with them. He broke the tables of stone, the, he, signifying that the people themselves haven't apostatized from God. God Himself. He, that in that, in that uh, tables of stone was his own agreement with them. He also uh, broke, broke that agreement with them. And Moses' reaction was not calmness when he saw apostasy. He wasn't calm about it. We read Conflict and Courage, page 98, paragraph 4. It says, But his compliance with the desires of the people and the calm assurance with which he proceeded to carry out their plans emboldened them to greater lengths, to go to greater lengths in sin than had before entered their minds. We should be careful when we see evil things going on. It is not a time for us to just be calm and look as if nothing is really going on. We need to rise up to the occasion and do the work that God's faithful servants have done in the past. Men like John the Baptist, Ezra, Daniel, Elijah, Elisha and our Lord Jesus Christ, when they saw error, they met it Pointedly, they met it decidedly don't be like Aaron continuing the reading in Jeremiah 23 reading now from verse 15 concerning those pastors who, who are unfaithful it says therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets behold I will feed them with with wood and make them drink the water of God for, for from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. Now God is speaking to us, people who are listening to ministers. God says to us, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me. The Lord hath said, you you shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of their own heart, no evil shall come upon you. Is this the work God wants us to do? No. The Lord says, Cry aloud, spare not. Cry aloud, spare not, and show my people their sin and the house of Israel. Show my people their transgression and the house of Israel, their sins. That is the work we are supposed to do. But know this in conclusion. This warning is for all of us. Of all the sins that God will punish, none are more grievous in his sight than those that encourage others to do evil. Have you encouraged others to do evil in the past? It's not over for you. It wasn't over for Aaron. The Lord can forgive and the Lord can restore. Ministers, if there's a minister listening, do the faithful work of God. Study the word of God. And don't be afraid of people's faces. Tell them the truth. Tell them politely, but tell them firmly. Tell them lovingly, but also tell them faithfully. Do not diminish aught from the word of God. Give it exactly as it is written. Do not add, do not remove, don't insult. But yet, though will give the word of God itself. The word of God will cut, the sword of the Spirit will cut by itself and there should be no addition to it of your own words. And this is what we should do today. But the Lord is ready to restore us to himself. Are we among the mixed multitude and the people of Israel who backslid and apostatized? Now is an opportunity, it was not over for them, for all of them, so it is not over for all of us. God is calling us back. Did you go back to Egypt? Come back. Did you influence others to do so? The Lord says that there is, of all the sins that he will punish, there is no one more grievous in his sight than those who encourage others to do evil. The stewards who permitted the people to continue in their sins god says to us in the book of james chapter 3 verse 1 be not many masters for knowing that you shall receive the greater damnation my oh my it is a very sacred work to be one who is leading the people if you don't do it faithfully the lord of the word of god says you will receive a greater damnation that is james chapter 3 verse 1 therefore if you are not doing the work faithfully, it is better for you to even leave the work than to go into that work and lead people astray. Oh my, the Lord is saying we will receive, if we do that, leading people astray, we will receive a greater damnation. Today is a day of salvation. If you will hear his voice today, then harden not your heart and listen. Return unto the Lord and propose in your heart that I will give the word of God faithfully and I will not go back to Egypt. Let us pray dear father in heaven thank you for your words that has been preached thank you lord for these words that will bless us i pray father please help us forgive us for our sins of going back to egypt forgive us for leading others astray there is a sin we have committed that is so grievous please lord it is this leading of people and encouraging them in evil. Many times we have done it. We have shared movies, shared books that encourage people in sin. We have said it with our voice. We have kept quiet when we're supposed to speak. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, and forgive us. And from henceforth, please give us that grace. Give us the spirit and heart to meet sin. And faithfully call sin by his right name. And be true to duty as the needle to the pole that you may be one who that we may be people that you can depend upon in a time of crisis do this for us and take the glory in jesus name of bread amen